2: Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I'm incredibly excited to be joined once again, not his first time here on the show, but I'm so excited for his second opportunity. He is here. He's the one and only Nick Vile. He is the former star of The Bachelor. You can follow him at Nick Vile on both Twitter and Instagram, where he's just a you know, hair over 1.1 million followers over on Instagram. So doing pretty decent over there. He is, of course, is the CEO and founder of NH Oils, which you can find at nhoils.com. The host of The Vile Files, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, but most importantly today... A hardcore packer fan and i'm excited to be talking to him nick how the heck are you doing
2: great to be with you andy uh, i'm super excited to talk with you
3: and uh yeah just excited to be with you love your show thank you i appreciate that greatly there's so many different avenues that we could jump into um a lot of different topics that we could obviously talk about we're in the sort of the, the middle of the dead season in the off season, we're about to pick up with free agency and the draft and things like that. Um, but we still have an entire 2022 to review. We've got an entire 2023 to look forward to. And of course things will start getting a little bit more hot and heavy with the draft and free agency coming up. But I just wanted to get your overarching thoughts on what was a fairly disappointing 2022 and what your kind of major takeaways were from that disappointing season. Yeah. Um
2: well, my thoughts were, it was a bummer of a season. It certainly didn't live up to expectations. Um, they teased us a little bit uh, with the end of the year. Um, you know, I think I, I, I was like a lot of people where I had really, I had high hopes for the defense. I really thought they would uh, get us through, so to speak, the first half of the season and, you know, win some ugly games and allow the offense to, you know, acclimate with each other, let these young receivers kind of, Joe with Rogers and then I thought they'd really you know have a chance to be gangbusters at the end of the year and it, you know that last kind of bit of the season was almost like a glimpse of what I thought this team could be you know um but then when they play Detroit you know it's you know it's funny because when they last game of the season you know middle of the game I was just like you know what win or lose this this team is not what I thought they were you know like right. it was like we were in the third quarter against Detroit I was like I mean i want them to win don't get me wrong but like this team isn't going to make a run was kind of my thought you know they just they kind of resided back to their old kind of mistakes and sloppy play and a lack of kind of um you know like just kind of showing up so to speak you know they showed up for the vikings but they you know they just very inconsistent team so my biggest takeaway is that i think it's just time to press the reset button you know we we spent the past three years I feel like going for it, so to speak, and and really trying to see if we could win one more with Rodgers, and nothing would have made me happier as a Packer fan and a big Aaron Rodgers fan to have him win one more uh, with this team. But I think it's time. I I really do. um, You know, if you don't make the type of investment that you make in Jordan, uh, Jordan love uh, and, and get cold feet. I mean, everything i hear uh from you know former players and things like that is they know what they have in love you know and if they don't i don't know if they should be running this organization um you know clearly they you know he needs to play and who knows like you know what his floor and ceiling is going to be but they should have a pretty idea what of what he can do and if they think he can play let's just see what we can do I, i think you did a great job going through all the kind of salary cap ramifications of of you know aaron Rodgers contract and to me it seems like an absolute no-brainer to take that 40 million dollar cap hit this year and just press the reset button because if he plays for the Packers next year it seems like it gets even uglier in terms of what the Packers you know are are able to do with the contract so you know trade trade, trade Rodgers get the get take the hit um you had a it seemed like a pretty darn good draft last year let's see if we you know what can we get for aaron Rodgers in a trade? let's have another good draft and i think they have a good young nucleus of players i i really do and you know i i look at like if they traded rogers and start and start love let's see what love can do but if love is any kind of good i think maybe that the packers could kind of follow what the eagles did a couple years ago like not this past recent year, but I feel like the, maybe the Packers next year with Love could do what the Eagles did the year before, you know, have a nice young nucleus, uh, nucleus uh, some scrappy games, but like, you know, make a run for the playoffs at the end. You know, they got blown out by Tampa Bay that year, but you could tell that was a young, prime, talented team. And then maybe the next year, you know, if, if Love shows up and then you have these young players kind of, you know, maturing, Maybe they can go for it again. Like the NFL, you can turn around things quickly. And I feel like the Packers are still in a pretty good shape. If love is a player to, to still be a very competitive team and, and still try to go for a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I
3: couldn't agree with everything that you said more. There's a lot of things that I want to touch base on there. So first of all, you mentioned as well, like we, I think we all had some level of trust in that defense that they were going to be able to get Green Bay through games to start that season. What is it going to take for uh, Packer fans to have trust in a defense going into a season again? Like it's going to take like three or four years of like epic defensive performances. And even then I'm going to be like, they're still going to let us down in some capacity, but it is crazy just to think of like, it felt like they had everything that they needed to be a successful defense. And it just certainly did not turn out that way. You also mentioned like we have faith in this team that or that like the, the front office needs to know whether they, you know, have something in Jordan Love or not. And I keep going back to that as well. It's like, how, you know, how do they not know at this point? And then I sort of get reminded of the entire Amari Rogers returning over Keyshawn Nixon situation. And then I get a little bit more cold feet. And I do think there's some level of like, you just got to see a guy play before you can make an ultimate decision, which is why I agree with you. I think you just need to see Jordan play because there are players who are just gamers, right? Where sometimes in practice, it's, you know, it's just practice, right? And things hit different when the lights are on. I actually think Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal example of that. Jalen Hurts is just a gamer. And he, like you go back to like early in his career, he wasn't like a well rounded quarterback. Even that game against Green Bay a couple years ago, where he came in in that game and he was just running around and making things happen. Even as early as that, like, I think that was like his first legitimate playing time. You're like, oh, this guy's a problem. Even though like maybe they're not ready to make him their starter yet. Like he just gets out on the field and he makes things happen. And until you see that on the field, whether they have it or don't it's tough to make that ultimate determination, which again, at some point you just have to see. And then, you know, going back to your, you know, sort of rip the aid or at least, you know, refresh this off season. It's just felt to me like 2019 with Matt LaFleur as the, the first time head coach felt like probably a year too early, meaning that they got to the divisional re- or the, the conference championship probably weren't quite ready for that yet, but it was a really nice season. And, it, and, you know, you were happy with the result of that year overall and then in 2020 felt like the real year of like everything aligned. They had the, I know the COVID stuff complicated everything, but they had the NFC championship game at home, they had everything they needed, in my opinion, to win a Super Bowl. They didn't win it. They lose to the the Buccaneers. And then it felt like 2021 was the first sort of let's run it back and let's do this again, which we saw a diminishing return. They didn't get to the NFC championship game. They lose in the divisional round. They bring it back in 2022. We saw another diminishing return this time, not even making the playoffs. And I just feel like if they try to do it again, I think it's going to be just a diminishing return over and over. And it's just going to keep unfortunately getting worse rather than getting better. And then trying to keep going back and, just saying like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. You hear these rumors of like, well, maybe Rogers is going to be back and maybe they're going to go bring back Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis. And it's just like, guys, we've seen this play for the last four years and won two total playoff games. Maybe it's time to try something different.
2: I I couldn't agree more. I I'm a little worried that this, the this front office doesn't have a backbone. You know, I just, I, I miss, I think uh, it was Aaron Nagler tweeted something like I miss Ted Thompson. I, Mm -hmm. I do, you know, you know, I miss the, you, you know, that's the, that you, you need to have a GM like that, that can take those kind of, you know, punches from the fan base, so to speak, and and stand their ground because there's a reason why they're running the team because they know football and we're just fans, you know? Yeah. And, and we, we love this team and we, 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 you know, we lead with our heart, so to speak, and we fall in love with players and we, you know, we connect with them, but sometimes it's just ready to move on. But yeah, I, I just, what, what's the point of treading water? I mean, we, you know, Green Bay says it's all about the, you know, Lam, you know, it's all about the Lambo, you know, Lombardi trophy. It says, no, we're acting like it's all about the divisional championship these days, you know, and it's just kind of boring and it's not, and I, no disrespect to Alan Lazard. He's a phenomenal player. <laughs> Black, I'd love to have him back. He's a, you know, he's a great, uh, but I don't want to pay $10 million, uh, you know, a year for him, you know, like Alan Lazard is not moving the needle. He's never – you know, he's a great piece to have uh, to complement, you know, the rest of the team.
3: playmakers,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's just – you know, and I- I'm tired of appeasing to Rodgers, you know, having his buddies on – you know, like I'm just tired of it. I, I You know, I'm also like I- – I also feel like we haven't really seen Matt LaFleur's offense, you know, and I, I kind of want to see what that looks like. I kind of want to see a quarterback who just wants to run the system that his coach runs. And I don't want to have to talk about these, you know, the, 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 the Matt LaFleur's offense and then Aaron Rodgers' offense. And it's like, congratulations, you have all these, you know, audibles in your head and you're a brilliant quarterback, but like what good does it do if the rest of your team doesn't know what the frick you're, you're thinking or talking about, you know, it's just like, I just don't care anymore. And I'm grateful for Aaron Rodgers. I just I don't think he's ever gonna win a Super Bowl with the Packers, you know? Yeah. And I think I, I think Aaron Rodgers is best served to like use this motivation of of you know people like me not believing him in him and go to the Jets or go to the Ranger Raiders and see what you can do. But I really think I, I just think that if again if if Jordan Love can play, um and if not, still, still trade Aaron Rodgers. And it seems like there's a nice uh, a handful of potentially good QB prospects in the first round this year. I, you know, I, I just think this team has a, a good young nucleus, and if they just have some backbone and we willing to make some moves, I think this this organization could still be you know competitive for Super Bowls. I think if they don't have a backbone and they bend to Aaron Rodgers' demands. I think they could be an NFL purgatory for the next, you know, four or five years, and I'm just not interested in that. I just, you know, Aaron Rodgers is is brilliant, and and I just think he's mentally over it. I believe he's. I, I believe Aaron Rodgers when he said, "I, I think he's capable uh, of winning another MVP." I absolutely believe that. The, I mean, he still made some amazing throws this year. I mean, it was truly incredible. It, you know, it's like the glimpses we saw in 2018. It's just like I don't know. I don't know how to evaluate a quarterback, but it sure looks like he knows how to make plays. I just think it's mental. It's all it's between the ears. Like he's just not motivated sometimes or his his ego and his pride and the stubbornness and all the things we hear about the, you know, kind of his personality. I think it, it gets in the way. And, I you know, I, I love that he's interested in things outside of football as a human being. As a Packer fan, I, I want my quarterback to want to you know, show up. And I want him to hang out with his players. Do I understand why a 39 year old doesn't want to hang out with 22 year olds? Sure. But I still think it's best for my team to have my quarterback, you know, want to be like connected to his players. You know, you know what I'm saying? So on a human level, I get you Aaron Rodgers on a football level. Like I'm just kind of over it.
3: Yeah, no, so much well said there. So a couple things, uh, I think that the thing that you mentioned as well is like that Rodgers can still win an MVP and play well and we can still have respect and reverence for what he's done in Green Bay. I also think like nobody's saying like you know what screw that guy send him to Houston and let him rot down in here like I think there's a legitimate opportunity that just moving is moving on is a, is best for both sides. Like I think Aaron getting you know a new opportunity and a new organization and maybe just giving a little bit of a refresh and a new set of paint and all of it. I think that's probably really good for him too. And I think it could give him the best opportunity to end out his career on top. And for Green Bay, like we just talked about, all the reasons or at least some of the reasons why it's important to maybe refresh and go in a different direction. I just, I think it's best for both sides. Were you going to say something there? I, I couldn't agree more. I really do. It's it's interesting because you know when when they
2: moved on from Favre, I was angry at Favre. now granted I was younger and a little more immature and, and <laughs> I, I, I hear you yeah. that. that's fair um but I yeah I mean I am grateful for what Aaron Rodgers has done as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and I I'm I, you know as a I've been I want I, I've been wanting him to win Super Bowls so that I could I could say Aaron Rodgers is one of the best of all time you know whatever it didn't work out he's still great but yeah I really do I really think as a fan of this team and of Aaron Rodgers, I think I, you know, I want to root for them. I want them to go to the jets and say, you know what, let's, you know, like Nathaniel Hackett, you know, like the, the, the jets, they haven't been good for a while. That'd be a fun, like secondary team to kind of, of just course. root for, you know, or the Raiders, like I, I honestly, like I think it'd be cool to see Aaron Rodgers and Devante reunite and, and, and the black and silver. And I, you know, the NFL is a better organization when the Raiders are good, you know, I think I could I think I can get on board. I can be happy for Aaron Rodgers doing well in a Jets or Raiders uniform all while being excited about the prospects of this team resetting with a nice young roster and potentially being the first franchise ever to go from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback, you know, and not being quarterback purgatory like so many other NFL teams. And I and that's exciting and I think it's and you know, I think it sounds like you know, I know a lot of Packer fans get like mad at Tyler Dunn because he, you know, ruffles some feathers, but I think he speaks some truth and he gets, he, I mean, he talks to a lot of players and it seems like a lot of these players believe in Jordan Love. I think that speaks volumes. And I'm just like, I'm excited to see, you know, what their investment in Jordan Love has, has, you know, has to show. I mean, it was, he, he looked great against the Eagles. I know it was like 10 snaps, but he made some impressive throws. He looked in yeah. command of that offense. He was, he came in a game against the best team in the league at that point, away. I mean, there was there was a lot to love about that. And I just I just want to see what's there. And I just hope that the Packers front offense and Matt LaFleur like believe in themselves. You know, if 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 they don't, if they're not ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, then I don't think then I don't want them running this team. Honestly. I really don't. I just think I want, I want, I want coaches and the front offices have a backbone and if they can't see what we see i I don't you know
3: i don't know Mm -hmm. what to tell you one of my favorite things was um i I said i mean not my favorite things because the whole far rogers situation back in the day was frustrating for a variety of different reasons but one of the things that i was so proud and just like impressed with ted thompson for was that like everyone was mad at ted thompson be like how could you possibly make this move and i I was uh, completely on the other side like right away, I'm like, do you realize that this guy just became the most hated man in like Packers history overnight because he wants to trade away Brett Favre and move to Aaron Rodgers? I'm like, that is the, like to become the bad guy, to become the heel, to become the guy that everyone hates because you have conviction that it's best for your franchise. The easy avenue in that situation is to just say, yep, we're going with Brett. That's the, that's the bread and butter. That, that's the easy button, Right for him to take on all the hate and all the vitriol and be the bad guy and do and just do all of that because he had conviction that it was best for the organization. I didn't know if it was going to work out or not, but I that I was immediately just so impressed that he had the ability to make that decision in that moment because it is the hardest thing you could possibly do as yep. a general manager in the NFL. And I want to see I think every general manager needs to have the ability to be the bad guy from time to time to draft that guy that nobody expects. You're going to draft in the first round. Sometimes the green Bay certainly does that from time to time Uh, to trade away your franchise, you know, face of your franchise. Like sometimes those are the very difficult decisions that you have to make. And to your point, whether it's backbone or just conviction, uh, I think you sometimes need to have that conviction and maybe green Bay does. And maybe they're just letting this play out. And maybe if Rogers says he's going to come back, they still have that conviction and said, actually, we're going to go with Jordan. But they're just hoping that Rogers comes to that conclusion on his own. We'll still see. But I'm going to be interested to see what happens. there. And then the last thing there is, you know, you kind of talked about the the, the Favre uh, situation as well. And there were so many emotions wrapped up to that. And, and Favre was pissed. And everyone had this anger in like all of it. Right. I do feel like there's a potential avenue here where everyone can just kind of be an adult about this. And I think Aaron Rodgers has already opened up that avenue when he talked about on the Pat McAfee show saying, Hey, if this happens, I love Green Bay. I love that organization. I love the people there. I'm happy with everyone. This doesn't have to be a Aaron Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers thing. And I think that there is a legitimate opportunity where, you know, reasonable heads can understand that again, Hey, this is best for both sides. And I think fans are starting to get there as well of just saying, Hey, this doesn't have to be, I'm pissed at everyone because of what happened. Just be like, this is kind of a natural state of the business. And this just happens from time to time.
2: I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm glad Aaron Rodgers said that. I'm glad he, you know, is, is seems like he's almost having fun with this opportunity. I, (laughs) I, I, like, I like that he's doing that. Um, so I, I just, I guess, I guess we will see, but, um, I think, yeah, we need we need leadership that is willing to be the bad guy sometimes. I, I just don't I don't want coaches or GMs or front office people just like being afraid to lose their job, you know.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data
3: Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough business. It's a tough gig. And those decisions are extremely tough to make. I don't envy them. I know it's easy for me in front of a couple lights and a microphone to say, yeah, they should do this. But like, when you're actually in the heat of battle, it, it's a lot, it's a lot tougher. So I, I guess I don't necessarily envy it. But that's, it goes in the job description, unfortunately, is you got to make those difficult decisions. Absolutely. Oh. All of that being said, I am interested to hear your take on what exactly you think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So I know what you want. Now, what do you ultimately think will end up happening? I really do think they'll trade him.
2: I really do. I uh, I know I've always been a Bob McGinn fan since I was a kid. Um, I know he kind of, you know, he he, he, he writes a little grumpy sometimes, but um, I, I just think it I think. I think the answers are too obvious. I really do. I, I just, I think with when you consider the money and you consider where, you know, some of the reports we've heard, it's just Jordan love has to suck for the Packers, not to want to move on to him. I mean, you just don't, what, what's the point of investing a first round pick and taking the beating you did from the fan base. And the truth is like, had we drafted T Higgins, maybe we would have won a Super Bowl. but you didn't. So like, follow through with your investment. You know, it just, it just doesn't, you know, make a ton of sense, but that being said, it doesn't make a ton of sense to give Aaron Rodgers the contract they gave him a year ago, you know, so I don't, I don't really know, but I do think they're going to trade him now. Maybe that's a little bit of the want in there, but um, it just, it just, I also thought they would fire Joe Barry. So what the heck do I know? You know, I, my logic was how do you draft, how do you put this much resources into a defense and perform the way you did and have a guy keep his job? Like, I understand he played, you know, the defense had a nice little window toward the end of the season, but like, what did they play any really good quarterbacks? You know, they Tua, but then we found out that for all we know, Tua might not have been like necessarily all there in the second half. And he looked pretty good in the first half. So, um, I just, I was shocked that, you know, it doesn't seem necessarily like an organization that's holding its player, you know, its people accountable. And, you know, uh, so who knows? But if I, if I was a betting man today, I'm going to bet that Jordan Love is the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers uh, come um, training camp.
3: All right. So I know you're also, you're a businessman as well. And going back to the defense for a moment and the Joe Barry thing, what, I, what I've just sort of been so surprised, and I know it's tough to sort of point fingers of which it is, but like if you invest, you know, massive money in first round pick into Kenny Clark, first round pick into Devontae Wyatt, money into Jerron Reed, first round pick into Rashawn Gary, money into Preston Smith, first round pick into Quay Walker, money into Devondre Campbell, money in Razul, first in Jair, first in Stokes, money into uh, Amos, first round pick into Savage, like, you've got first round pick or money into every single starter along that defense. So you've put a ton of investment into that defense. There's no question about that. They invested a ton into that defense and they did not get in any way, shape or form their return on that investment. So is it a, the person that's in charge that you put in charge of those investments in this case, the defensive coordinator didn't know what to do and he used it all wrong or did you invest in the wrong things, which means to me, it was either a Brian Gutekunst issue or it was a Joe Barry issue or some combination of both. But either way, when you invest that much into one side of the ball and don't get near your return on what you invested in, something has to happen. Right. That, and I think that goes to your point of like, you were surprised that where Joe Barry wasn't back. Yeah. I never expected Brian Gutekunst to go anywhere. So to me, that's like, if Brian's not going anywhere and he's and the Packers are confident that they made the right investments, well, then the guy that's using those investments didn't use them the right way. I just felt like something would have needed to happen. I, I couldn't
2: agree more. And I, you know, I don't know how to evaluate a defense or players, and I don't know how to call a defensive scheme. Um, but it sure looked like our defense, as we've seen many, many years, like players just didn't know what they were doing, you know? like
3: Not on the same page. Like it doesn't matter how
2: good you are or how fast you are. If you're in the wrong spot, like it's, it, it's, it's hard to play defense, so to speak um and to me that's coaching and it seems like you know and i i hated hearing kind of the gripes from the locker room it seemed like you know players and the and the coaches were on the same page and yeah it seems like they got it together but what what the heck you know like that's what is going on i, I want to like that's that's not how that's not a that's not the type of uh noise you want to hear from your locker room for a team that's you know you hoped is competing for a super bowl it's just you know, uh, I don't I don't I just think and I don't know, Maybe like not to blame Aaron Rodgers about all this, but like I just it did not seem like the locker room is where it needs to be in types of the types of camaraderie or, you know, it just it you know, when you start hearing players kind of make those little comments, you realize there's like a bit of selfishness going and spreading through the locker room where it's a little bit of like, you know what? I'm just going to worry about me type of energy because like this team isn't going anywhere. And I I really hated hearing that this year, but yeah, I I just, Joe Barry doesn't have a track record of success. Uh, He's been mediocre with the Packers. Um, And like you said, I mean, if you're Brian Gudikins and you believe in your picks, I would be pretty ticked that my, my investments aren't being properly utilized. And um yeah, I, I don't know. Even even if even if Gudikins is like sitting there being like, I don't know, maybe I kind of like, honestly, I don't think these guys are as good. Wouldn't you want to find a coach who is capable of elevating players? Because if nothing else, Joe Barry, he seems like only capable of, you know, kind of breaking even, so to speak. It's yeah. like, if you give him great players, maybe he'll give you a decent defense. But like, he's not going to take okay players and give you a really good defense. And right now, We don't even know if he has if he's capable of giving you an average defense with great players. So I'm just like what what I'm just curious, like what Matt LaFleur and Gudikins or whoever's making decisions. Like what was the reason to keep Joe on? Like, does he like barbecue really well on the weekends? Like, is he a cool hang? Like, like, I don't understand. Like, but he's because he's not executing on the field.
3: I I can uh, report per sources that he makes a mean rack of ribs. So that could be the could be the reason there. Uh, No, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question. And I think, you know, maybe it was that, you know, Matt didn't want to go to another coordinator because he's gone through a lot of coordinators, special teams, offense and defense in his short tenure in Green Bay already. Maybe Green Bay didn't want to pay the rest of Joe Barry's salary and bring on because they'd have to pay him for, you know, even if they fired him and bring on a new defensive coordinator and pay the new defensive coordinator. Maybe that had something to do with it, but it, it's you can't look at it in any objective way and be like well they brought him back because he's just been a really good defensive coordinator I think that they may have brought him back saying like hey we maybe saw some signs at the end that this could carry over into next season but um, I don't know going back to the locker room too like some, whether it's locker room or just overall vibe on the team something just felt off all year long like it just felt from from the word go something just didn't seem right and it's tough to is that coaching is that Locker room dynamics is that Roger like it's tough to pinpoint exactly what it is, but something just kind of you know always felt off. And I do give them credit for sort of rebounding and going on that winning streak and giving themselves at least a chance to get in the playoffs at the end. I think that this team had multiple opportunities to quit. I go back to that Bears game where like they were all but eliminated and they're down double digits to the Bears on the road. The worst team in football in the in the going into the fourth quarter, I think if I remember correctly, or at least in the second half of that game, they had every opportunity to just be like, all right, let's get to the off season. They came back and won that game. And then I think they went on what, like a four game win streak. And then unfortunately it didn't pay off against the lions, but um, I at least give them some credit for that. But yeah, something just seemed a little bit off. Uh, mo- most important question of the day, Aaron Rodgers just finished up his darkness retreat four days in the dark. We don't know if he turned the lights on at all. We don't know anything yet, but. Nick, you are going on a four-day darkness retreat. What is your four-day darkness retreat strategy? Find a flashlight. I mean, (laughs) you can't turn the lights on. So you can't. In this scenario, you can't turn the lights on. You can't escape. What's your What's your plan for four days of darkness?
2: Uh, What is my plan for four days of darkness? Um, Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a heady guy. I get in my head and think a lot. So I'd probably just you know ruminate all my anxiety and stress and, and probably argue with myself what the Packers should do and, and things like that. And um yeah, it was I don't I don't know. I'd probably lose my mind. So I don't I don't know if I would ever I don't know what like I mean like four days it just seems a, a bit overkill. I don't know. Um yeah, I, I don't it'd probably be different than Rogers though. I can promise you that. Yeah.
3: I think, I think what my initial strategy would be is I would try to get as little sleep as possible prior to going in for the four days so that I go in there just massively tired. I want to try to sleep through at least half that thing, if at all possible. Okay. To,
2: is to he is like, is he, does he, is he planning on, was his goal to stay awake as much as possible?
3: I don't think it was necessarily to stay awake as much as possible, but I think in the waking hours, I'm sure it was to meditate and get, you know, clear your thoughts and just kind of clear your mind of everything, which I'm sure there's value in, um, And then I think the if I could do like bring one thing that didn't involve any like light or anything, I would at least want to bring like some sort of like voice recorder, so that as I'm like thinking of these ideas, like at least I can be like, hey, when you get out of here three days from now, remember that this is the idea that you came up with, because I can't write anything down. Like if I could bring a notepad or something like and write something down, because I would love to just. I'm sure if I could like brainstorm for four days, I could come up with some awesome ideas for the podcast or stuff like that. But like, man, if you don't have anything to write it down or like voice record or anything, I'd be like. I would get out and be like, man, on day two, I had some awesome ideas. And I don't remember what a single one of them are.
2: Yeah, that, that's brilliant. I would need a voice memo, yeah, for sure. Because like that. I would do the same thing. I'd have like a, I'd have an idea, and I'd tell myself <laughs> I won't forget it and I'll remember. But and then 30 minutes later, I'll I'll be I'll have no idea what's going on. I'll tell you, I, if I'll be so mad if Rogers make a freaking decision, man. It's 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 almost. The end of February. This you have been done playing football for two months. You said you wouldn't drag your feet. You're getting into
3: dragging your feet territory, buddy. Um, make a sit. Make a decision. I feel like next Tuesday's McAfee is the tipping point of like, that was an okay period of time. I give you that. You needed your time to make the decision because that's the last day of February. I think next Tuesday, and if he makes that decision and announces it on the back of his show of what he wants to do or whatever, I feel like that is a reasonable amount of time and I can live with that amount of time. I think as soon as it hits March 1st and there's still no decision, I think every day after that, just, just like, OK, this now you're absolutely in you're dragging your feet territory and something's got to get figured out.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I would. Nothing would make me happier than to find out the Packers called up Aaron and said. Thank you for everything you've done. We love you. We we want you in our family forever. Jordan Love is our starting quarterback next year. Let us know what you want us to do. We're happy to facilitate a trade we want to work with you and we'd love to send you the team that fits you best as as much as we can, but we're going to look out for us as well. But uh, just let us know if you want to play that, that would make me so happy and make me believe in this front office a little more.
3: And I think the thing there too, is the optics change. Right. And I know, I I think green Bay is worried about the optics being against them where it's like, Oh, they don't want to be the bad guys, uh, you know, and and be the, the team that moved on from Aaron Rodgers. to me. I'd rather have them show the confidence in Jordan. Like I want, I want them to be like Jordan's our guy. If, yeah. if you know, if they feel that way, right? So it's like I can put aside the optics of you trading away the Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I just want to see some of that belief and confidence. Because if if it's Rodgers that's deciding that he wants to go to another team, and maybe they feel like they're left off, let off the hook that they don't have to have that difficult conversation. But like now, that that same level of confidence isn't necessarily there with Jordan. Like I would love Jordan to be sitting at home right now, being like. Oh, that front office has me as their guy. They want me to be the starter. Um, I don't know. It just makes for an interesting I totally, dynamic. I don't totally agree more. I'm like if I am so annoyed that the Packers
2: front office seems to be wanting they're playing the game. They're playing Aaron Rodgers' game. I don't give a crap about the PR battle. I do not care. And it's annoying that it seems like there are leaks from the Packers front office trying to like win the whole like who's breaking up with who. Like I do I don't care. You know, and you're absolutely right, Andy. Like, I want them to want to believe in their players and their picks, and I want them to believe in Jordan Love. And if Aaron, Rodger, if Aaron Rodgers wants to be disgruntled and throw little jabs at the front office, like, so be it. Let them, let them throw a temper tantrum. But, like, you, your job is to run this team and to do what's best for the organization and set them up for success for not only this year but in the future. And it's not your job, just like Ted,
3: it wasn't Ted Jobson's job, to win the PR game. I agree. A right, couple things before we get out of here. First of all, thoughts on Aaron Jones returning?
2: I mean, he's a great Packer. You know, um, I don't think they're going to p- compete for a Super Bowl next year, so I'm okay with that. I do thought I I don't know where I saw it, but there was a very interesting graphic or something of the uh it was like the uh, salaries of the uh, top the top running backs of each team for the past you know ten or twelve Super Bowl championships. Yeah. And, and and they no none of those teams pay the running backs anything and it just shows you that the best teams in the nfl are are investing uh salary cap dollars and and not in the running back position and so you know as much as i love aaron jones i don't think we should be paying a running back that much money when we're ready to compete for a super bowl that being said Uh, I think he's a great player to have, and he's our best offensive weapon, and I think he could be an absolute great asset for a young uh, quarterback like Jordan Love, and I got no issue with it. So. yeah I think that's the
3: thing right I think I think everyone like sort of in the back of their mind is like this probably isn't the best use of resources but like at the same time I don't think anyone's upset about it because it's Aaron freaking Jones and he's just the absolute like it's so hard not to cheer for that guy and you want him as a member of the Green Bay Packers and he's just he's just that dude right so it's like my my heart says I'm all in I, I'm happy to have him back my back of my mind is like oh, are you sure but it's like I think that's where everyone's kind of at yeah. I think it's totally fair. All right, last question for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Draft, I know it's still a little ways away. I think we're probably somewhere around like 60, 65 days away, something like that. But is there an early, pick 15, not an insignificant resource here for Green Bay. This is a very important draft for them anytime they're picking that, any pick is, but certainly when you're picking in the top 15. Um, I know it's still early, but is there a player or position that you are hoping for that Green Bay attacks in the the first round of this draft? Uh, Not tight end. All right, I love it. Tight ends like my favorite position, weirdly enough,
2: like as a as a former Madden savant, like I loved having my tight end. and it would nothing would make as a fan, it would be so cool to have a, like a a, a a player like Travis Kelsey or Gronk. like it's it's just so fun. Like one of my favorite plays is a you know a 25 yard seam down the middle to your oh, your big tight end. It's just nice. a fun play. And, I, and I, I hope that we can find a tight end. That being said, there's way more first-round bust when it comes to tight ends than there are hits. And I just – I don't – like, we don't need to get desperate. I know we're thin at tight end. There's other ways to fill that spot. But honestly, probably defense, pass – I mean, pass rusher. Uh, I, I honestly would probably be my first – pass rusher or receiver, uh, I would like to see. But if they go O-line, great. You know, if they go defensive line, great. Um, honestly, if they go quarterback, even if I, you know, believe in Jordan love, you know, like if they have a high grade on a quarterback at 15 and he's there, like head your bet. Look at what Philly did with Jalen Hurst, you know, when they drafted Jalen Hurst, they didn't need him. and who knows what's going to happen with love, but you just can't have too many good quarterbacks. So like, if they did that, I, you know, um, I wouldn't be mad. Um, so just not tight end or running back.
3: It's funny uh, the quarterback the quarterback decisions are really interesting. It, it, like let's say that scenario pops up, right? So they trade Rogers away. Jordan Love is the starter, and they get to pick fifteen, and their best player on their board is a quarterback. Let's just like hypothetically say that's the situation. In a vacuum, I a million percent agree with what you just said. You, I'm you, head your bets just like very similarly to what they did with Brian Brom taking him in early round two. Yeah, I know exactly. Brian Brom didn't turn out at all. And I, yeah, and whatever, but they hedged their bets. They said, we, we need to get one of these guys. Right. Right. And so I totally understood it. I do think if you take a guy at 15, after the time you put into Jordan Love and, and, you know, picking him at pick 22 and Jordan, for Jordan Love standpoint, right. You finally get the job. You're finally the quarterback. You waited behind Aaron Rodgers for three or four years. You're finally getting the vote of confidence that you're the guy. And in that same moment that that happens, you take a guy at 15, which is what seven picks ish, you know, ahead of what Jordan love was actually picked at in his draft. Like I just, part of me just wants Jordan to have that confidence going into the season and not immediately have to be looking over his shoulder for the next guy.
2: I I hear you. I hear you. And uh, honestly, I think, uh, I my my dream is that they believe in Jordan Love so much that it's not even a thought. A thought, right? Um, but uh yeah, I think we definitely need a, you know, Preston's only getting older. Uh who knows when Edge makes uh, a lot of sense. Who knows when Rashawn Gary is gonna be healthy? Uh, you know, I don't think, you know, I think it's one of the coming off an ACL last year was a, a, a perfect reminder. You know, Elton Jenkins, what an incredible recovery that he had. But it took him a whole half a season to to be the player that we remembered him. So like Rashawn Gary, I'm sure he's going to like be posting those amazing workout videos. He's a workout warrior. I bet he's going to be, when we get a chance to talk to him, he's like, Oh, I'm definitely going to be ready for training camp. And maybe he will be. But I think once, I think we get used to seeing well, if a player's on the field and that they're the, they're, they're the player that we always remember. And I think Rashawn Gary is, it's it's going to take a while for him to be the Rashawn Gary that he was before the injury. And we just, you know, uh, Kingsley Incanabari, like he had a nice uh, rookie draft, but we we need more pass rushers. Um, So whether it's on the D-line or outside linebacker, I I think I'd like to see that.
3: Yeah, I think Edge makes so much sense for all the reasons that you just laid out there. All right, Nick, this was so much fun. We have to do this more often. Before we get out of here, where can we find your work? What are you doing right now? And uh, where can we find you on social media?
2: Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Andy. Anytime I'm here to talk Packers. Um, If you like uh, listening to relationships and dating podcasts uh, or just that type of content, uh, the Vial Files, we kind of talk a lot of pop culture and intersect with relationships and dating. um, For anyone who's kind of struggling with uh, their love life or dating, Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you like watching it, we have it on YouTube. You can follow me at Nick Vial uh, on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. And uh, yeah.
3: Nick, you do awesome, awesome stuff. And so fun hearing your takes on the Green Bay Packers. I know you've been a a hardcore fan for forever. So I appreciate you coming on and and giving us your Packers insight and knowledge today. This was a ton of fun. Like I said, we're going to have to do it more often moving forward. Make sure to follow him on Twitter and Insta at Nick Vile. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That does it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.